0: morning welcome Lydia house good to see those of you who braved the snow on your way to church today some of you like us uh stayed home to join by zoom or youtube or whatever way you're joining us for our service this morning so welcome wherever you are (laughs) and it's great to have you with us please join me in prayer Father god we thank you for snow and we thank you for warm houses and places to stay safe and comfortable as well and we think of those who aren't that fortunate this morning who might not have a house um, or a place to shelter from the storm and we pray that you would be with them and that you would help us to be able to look after those and care for those folks as well as you told us to in your word And we pray that you would bless us this morning lord we give you this time and this service we give you ourselves we welcome you here father god we welcome you here lord jesus and we welcome you here holy spirit we also want to pray for our nation during this time together as you've asked us to do lord god we pray for our leaders and those who've been uh put in positions of authority over us we pray that you would Give them wisdom, give them humility. Uh, I pray that you'd be speaking to them through many and various ways, what it is that your will is and how to best lead this country, this state, these cities that we live in. I pray that you would uh, give them the strength and the grace to hear you and to listen and to follow after your way and your words and after you. And we pray that we could live peaceably with everybody as it says to in your word help us to for our part do that lord we pray all these things in jesus name amen in jesus name amen. amen amen not a lot today by way of announcements if you want to give you can do that online liddyhousechurch.org. there's a little paypal donate button that you can smash and give your tithes and offerings we really appreciate that and you can also, uh, there's a link on the page somewhere to Harvest Water Africa, our mission in Uganda, and you can give to there as well. Um, I'm going to be giving an update soon on that, but one thing you can pray for that we can all pray <laughs> for together in a moment is uh, protection, particularly for the school kids in Uganda. As you probably remember, Pastor Dowson, who we work with in Southern Uganda there, he runs uh the or one of the largest uh christian schools outside of the capital um in the country and in places like uganda and nigeria and that sort of thing right now it's becoming uh frighteningly frequent uh these days for people to go into schools and kidnap all the kids and it just happened in nigeria a few days ago um Bunch of armed people drove up, stole all the kids, drove away. Um and this is uh, something that Pastor Dowson has been particularly concerned about. They don't they don't have a fence even or anything like that up around the property at the moment because that sort of thing costs a lot of money. So um let's let's pray for both provision so that we can build a fence. Eventually it would be great to get electricity at the school, um maybe even have some sort of electrified perimeter to protect the kids. But uh, for now, let's pray that God will do the protecting. Yes. So please, please join me in that. Yes, Lord. Father God, we pray for these kids, um, the most vulnerable among us. And we know that you can make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. Mm. And so, Lord God, I pray that you would be protecting these kids. We loose your angels on that place yes, over that sir. school, over the yes. church ground, the farm ground, the school ground. Um, the homes of all those kids Uh in Jesus name. We pray that you would guard and protect Mm -hmm. the school, the property, and those kids. And we pray that you would provide uh, the means to maybe hire a security person Mm -hmm. for the school, build a wall, that sort of thing to Mm -hmm. continue to ensure the safety of those children. Mm -hmm. So we give them into your hands, Father God, trusting that you will watch over and guard them and give wisdom to people there um, on how to best see that happen. And let's just continue to prepare our hearts for worship and prayer uh, by taking a minute to confess before the Lord. So Lord, we wanna take time now to confess our sins, anything we've done, anything we've left undone. And let's just take a moment for the Holy Spirit to remind our hearts of anything that we should confess. So please speak to us, Lord. We receive your forgiveness, Lord Jesus, that you bought for us when you took all the penalty of our sin on yourself on the cross. Mm -hmm. We thank you for that sacrifice. We thank you that you suffered and you died so that we could be forgiven and so that we could be welcomed into God's family. Mm -hmm. I pray that during the season of Lent, you would help us to keep that on the front of our minds. Everything that you've done for us. Lord, we want to walk in the joy and the freedom of that forgiveness, but to never take it for granted. And we thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done, for everything that you're doing, for everything that you're going to continue to do. We receive healing in our hearts, and we pray that you would help us to forgive others in our lives, just as you forgave us. And it wasn't cheap, it wasn't easy. Jesus had to suffer on the cross for that forgiveness. But Lord, you expect us to forgive others in return. And so we ask you to help us to do that. Sometimes it's hard to forgive, And so we thank you that you are walking with us through that and that you will help us to lay those people down before the throne. Even those who've hurt us or wronged us, I pray that you would help us not to hold on to anger or bitterness or past wrongs, but that you could help us to let those things go at the foot of the cross. We thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you would bless this worship time now Help us to worship you with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind and all our strength, Lord, because you deserve that. You deserve all glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name.
1: I I want to take just
0: just a minute before we go into worship. Wherever you're at, um, a lot of us are with other folks, family in our room or in our couch or in our house or maybe... uh, wherever you're at in the basement, let's take just 30 seconds. And whoever you're with, um, share a couple of things that you are thankful for. Okay. And then we'll continue with our worship. And I'm not sure if my mic is still live, but one of the things I'm thankful for is that I'm getting my second COVID vaccine this coming week. And so in two weeks on March 14th, I'm gonna be there in person in the basement with you guys.
1: (laughs) I wanted to add, uh, Nate, that when you were praying for the children, right away, I got a picture of an invisible vents invisible fence like like you know that they have for dogs and they can't go out well this was the opposite way where the enemy just couldn't even go in there it was it was like when we have heard about stories where angels appear and they're they're frightened well lord i pray yeah. that this would be true and uh, that you would provide for them and protect them in jesus name
0: amen amen
2: and Nate, you prayed my message this morning. You don't know what my message is, but you prayed it. So if you remember his prayer, you'll, you've got an insight into the sermon. And we're starting with a song. You know the melody, but we're going to do a different melody. And we've done this before at Lydia House, this new melody. It's a wonderful Lenten hymn about looking at the cross. And that's what we want to do during Lent, don't we? Look at what Jesus has done for us. It goes like this. And it's an echo. So you'll see Karen and I echoing. And you can do the same, gals. Go we'll with Karen, and I'll take the guys. When I survey, when I survey the, wondrous
3: cross the wondrous cross on which the prince. On
1: which the prince
3: of glory dine Of glory dine My riches gain My riches gain but loss I count but loss And
2: pour content And pour content On all my pride
3: On all my pride
2: Forbid it, Lord
3: For I should that I should boast, save in the death of, of Christ my God. All the vain things, All the vain things that charm me, most, charm me most, I sacrifice. I sacrifice. From his head, See from his, his, hands, hands, his hands, hands, his feet, sorrow and love, love. poor mingled, mingled down. Did there such, such love and sorrow mean? A Regular verse, were the whole round. Of
2: Similar message, but a different beat. What can yes, wash away can my, my sin? Nothing, again?
3: Again? nothing, nothing but, but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, 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 precious is, is the flow that, that makes, makes me white, white as snow oh, no other, other fountain I know
2: nothing but, but the blood, blood of Jesus.
3: Jesus
2: second verse for, for
3: my part and this, this I see nothing but, but the blood Jesus. of Jesus this Cleansing, this my plea. Nothing the makes makes but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain know, Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This. Is all yes. my hope and peace? Thank you, Lord. Nothing, Nothing but, but the blood of Jesus. Jesus. This yes. is all my Thank righteousness. Nothing, Nothing but the blood Lord. of Jesus. Oh, precious Jesus. is the flow yes. that it makes me white, white as, snow. as snow. No. Other fountain, no, know
2: Nothing but
3: the blood of Jesus Nothing but the blood of
1: Jesus Thank you, Lord. And what a reminder today with all this beautiful snow. This is a visual picture of what you do for us. We're thankful and so blessed and happy that you do this for us.
3: Thou, oh Lord, art a shield about me. You're my glory, you're the lifter of my head. Thou, oh Lord, art a shield about me. My glory, you're the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. You're my glory, you're the lifter of
2: protect us. You surround us with your love, O oh
3: Lord.
2: We give you ourselves today. We surrender afresh to you, O oh Lord. We have nothing
3: without you. Nothing, O oh Lord, without you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Trust in you. Let the weak say, I am strong in the strength of the Lord. I will trust in you. Yes, Lord, we
1: trust in you. Lord. We trust in you.
2: Sometimes as we're singing, God can give us something, God can give us a picture, God can give us a word, give us an idea, give us a prayer. Anyone want to share anything of what God may have given to you? We've got Mike, a mic now in the back, for any in the back, you can go right to that mic. <clears throat> Anybody want to share something? If you hear some, a little crying, it's from Naomi, she, she sometimes has muscle cramps. <laughs> So let's pray for Naomi now. Father, we have seen this happen to her so often, and we are sad when we see it. We pray that you would have mercy on Naomi, that you would bring healing to her. Father, show your love for her in that specific way. You tell us to pray for those who are sick, and she has this, it's hard on her. And so we speak healing in the name of Jesus, and for any others who are struggling. Some of you know about situations of uh, people. You're welcome to sh- uh, pray that. I know of one situation in, in Lydia House where uh, a mother is going through really difficult times. It's so... We pray that before you, that you would come to the aid of any families that are really struggling, that are having difficult times. We pray that you would bring peace into those situations. You are the God of peace. Jesus, you are the Prince of peace. You came to bring peace in the darkness. And there is sure a lot of turmoil in our land, in our world. And when you come to reign, there will be peace. And so we look forward to that. We pray for healing for anyone who needs healing. Here in Zoom that watches this, we speak healing in Jesus' name. We believe in it. Jesus taught his disciples, you go heal the sick and cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Amen. I sure do appreciate the people who come early and get us
4: ready for this worship time.
2: time. CJ is always here, and Second Timothy is always here. And Ruth, they come early, and I appreciate that. It's, it's wonderful. So I am thrilled to be sharing with you a message this morning, and uh, I'm looking for my notes, and they are not here, and you know what? I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to I'm going to, here they are. I found them. So I I wrote this up this week because I was so moved by it on the story of Joseph and how it relates to the cross of Christ. So moved by it that I wrote it up and I'm going to send it to you this week. So I hope that you'll not only hear the message today, but that you'll read the notes. It looked really good for Joseph. You can turn to Psalm, or, or uh, Genesis 37. If you don't have a Bible there, the Bible is right there next to Naomi. You can, you can uh, look it up. It'll help you to be following along with me in a Bible. So it, he was 17, and he was the favorite son, and he was getting dreams about his future, and it sure looked good. The next 13 years could have been terrible years, Because so many things happened that pulled a rug out from underneath him. And so uh, we're going to learn about forgiveness. We're going to learn about how victims respond to difficulties and how victors respond to difficulties. How did his brothers respond? They hated Joseph. They came against him because he was the favored son. And his father really didn't do him a favor by making him the favorite. Because he wasn't the favorite then of his brothers. They hated him. That's what a victim will do. A victor looks in and says, Well, what, how can I change this situation in my heart? A victim says, You're my problem. And it points to the. So they said, Joseph is my problem. Joseph is our problem, so we gotta get rid of him. That's what a victim does. He doesn't look inside to see, Well, how, what can I change? Can I change my attitude? Can I change my heart? Is there something in me that needs to change? Joseph was a little unwise. He shared his dream with them about them bowing down to him. They didn't even like that. (laughs) Then he shared a second dream where his father was going to bow. And the father, really? But it says that the father kept that in his heart. Chapter 37, his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the saying, In mind little kids if they're fighting and if I got a problem with you you're my problem a little kid will I gotta do something about that so he'll hit because that's how victims and little kids operate but adults if I got a problem with you I gotta look inside and uh, we're gonna watch now how Joseph he he deals with problems in a different way than victims because he is a, a victor so here he is, verse 2. Joseph, 17 years old, pasturing the flock, and uh, he brought a bad report to his father. Uh I don't know if I would have done that, what Joseph. Answer? A bad report. He he something about them. They'd call it tattling, but he had he had uh, character, and so he told his father, of course they didn't like that. And as in fact, verse three, it says, Israel loved Joseph more than the others. Uh-oh. That's going to create jealousy. So they didn't like him for that reason. So verse 4, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Then he gets this dream. Verse 8, his brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Was that going to happen? It's going to happen. In 13 more years, they're going to be bowing down to him. He had a, he had a picture of his future. He's looking to the future where they're looking to deal with this situation that they don't like. And it's Joseph. A victim looks out to find the person that's that uh, that making him miserable, like my parents, or my spouse, or my kids, or others, my boss. And a vict- victor looks in and says, what can I do in this situation? So they sold him down the river. Terrible thing. He's now in Egypt. As I read this, I wrote down any time I saw something that related to Jesus and his death on the cross. I found 33 things in these chapters. I won't show them all to you now, but I'll send them out to you because it's really incredible. Just look at a couple of them here. Verse 23, chapter 37, When Joseph came to his brother, they stripped him of his robe. Who else got stripped of his robe? Jesus had a robe. They stripped him of it, and they threw him in the pit. Well, Jesus got buried in a cave. And then he was sold for 20 pieces of silver. Jesus was sold. How many? Do you remember? 30. 30. 30 pieces of silver. So there's lots of similarities between this and Jesus on the cross. So now we're in chapter 39. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt. This could have been miserable, but listen to what happens. Potiphar, an office of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites. So he's like a slave. He's a servant. Brought him down there. The Lord, verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. Why? Because he was with the Lord. God doesn't have favorites. If you favor God, he'll favor you. Mary favored. You have found favor with God. Why? Because she favored God. She put God first in her life as a teenager, and so God favored her. So Joseph was favoring God, even in the midst of this terrible situation. He's he's lost from his home. He's down in Egypt. He's going to spend 13 years down there, but he didn't get bitter. It says in verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. He's a servant. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him. The Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. I love it. So Joseph found favor. In the side of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. Now, skipping down to verse six and a half. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. Okay, he's down in Egypt. He's away from his family. He's got this crummy deal that happened to him. You know what a victim says? You owe it to yourself. A victor, what does a victor say? You owe it to God. I have a friend, Johnny. I'll see him this next week. Karen and I are going to be heading to, out to California. I have a sister, 70, that died, and so we're going to have that memorial service, and I'm going to see my friend Johnny. I reminded him of something that he said a while back. He married a gal First year they were married, she developed cancer. Five years later, she died. And I said, Johnny, this must be absolutely terrible for you. You had high hopes, and uh, you lost your wife. And this is what he said to me. I reminded him of this last week. He said, God doesn't owe me anything. I owe God everything. I said thank you for that response. It's, it's not a th- response of a victim that says well, such terrible things happen. I, I owe it to myself. Joseph could have said, who cares? I'm down here. I'm a, I'm a servant. They took away my status. I'm in a foreign country. What difference does it make? And people can say that and justify their sinning, not Joseph. Here's what he said. He wouldn't even have coffee with her. I'm going to find this. Uh, It's in verse 9. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. You who, you're his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He doesn't give any wiggle room for his own lust of the flesh. He calls it great wickedness. And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her to lie with her or to be with her. He wouldn't even have coffee. You owe it to God. You don't owe it to yourself. A victim says you owe it to yourself, but it's not true. We owe everything, like Johnny said. We owe everything to God. So his master finds out, verse 20, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, I wonder if he knew. I think Potiphar must have known that my my servant is a lot more credible than my own wife. I think he knew. And now look at verse 21. So Joseph now goes from being a servant to he's in a pit. That's what he calls it. It is a pit. Probably no lighting there. He's in the dark. But the Lord... Was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph. He's a young man that has incredible integrity, and God honors his integrity. And in the pit, the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge, because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. So he makes the best out of the worst. Some people live circumstantially. Why? Well, I would have done that except for these circumstances. Let me ask you, do you live by your circumstances, or do you live above them? We either allow the circumstance to rule our behavior, which it could have ruled his behavior, he could have slept with this lady, or he allows his faith in God to rule his circumstances. And that was how he reacted. He, a victim says, You owe it to yourself. Come on, give, give yourself some fun. And he said, No, I owe it to God. So he's in there, and these guys have dreams. The butler and the baker, because they got thrown out by the king, so they're down in the pit. They have dreams, and they happen to mention it. They're talking about it, and Joseph hears that. He could have said, I don't want anything to do with dreams. Dreams got me in trouble. I had dreams, and I got kicked out of my house. I'm not doing anything with dreams. This is what he says. Do not interpretations belong to God. Verse 8, chapter 40. Please tell them to me. So they tell him their dreams. This young man, we don't know how old he is now, he's in his 20s, he interprets their dream, and what he says comes to pass. And so he says the butler, hey, would you mind remembering me to Pharaoh? I'm here unjustly. Verse 15 of chapter 40, for I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also... I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. So he's in the pit, unjustly, and he's favoring God, and God's favoring him. Circumstances? Terrible. Terrible. Probably can't see much. And so he says, hey, remember me. Does the guy remember him? Two years later, he remembers. That 730 stinking years, he could have been out of the pit, and the guy forgot him. He could have been so angry. You know why I know he wasn't? It's because when he was called up, and Pharaoh has a dream, and Joseph said, It is not in me, God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. He's still Godward. He's still centered on God, even though he's gone through this miserable time. Now he's 30 years old. That's 13 years of foul play, of injustice. He could have been mad at the world. He could have been mad at God and looked for victims to identify with him because he's so miserable. So he's called up, and not only does he interpret the dream, but he tells Pharaoh the plan for the next 14 years. He says, this is what you need to do. You need to find somebody. You need to, this is your plan. This is how you take care of it in the seven years of plenty. It's going to happen. And this is what you do in the seven years of famine. He's promoted in a moment to the second most powerful person on earth. The most powerful person on earth was the Pharaoh, and he became the number two. How old is he? He's 30 years old. That ring any bells of anybody else? 30, 30 years old. Jesus, 30 years old when he starts his ministry. So there are so many little indications of the relationship between Jesus and the relationship. So it says in chapter 42, it's just a great story. I read it with Grandma this last week. So now Joseph was governor over the land. He was the one who sold to all the people of the land. So they had this time of plenty, and then during the time of famine, people from around the world are coming. And who do they come to? They come to Joseph. Pharaoh said, I'm not taking care of it. He's, he's in charge. He's in charge of everything. So they come to him. And here's where it really gets dramatic. Because his brothers show up. Imagine the feelings as he sees them. And he's wearing this Egyptian garb. They don't have a clue, and so he sets up this plan to find out what they're, what's in their heart. And uh, he puts things into their bag when they go, and they discover it when they get home, and they're terrified because they know they're going to get called out. They know something's missing. Then the second time, Joseph puts his own cup, and who who uh, whose bag was it?
0: Benjamin.
2: This is a problem. This is a big problem because Joseph knows who it is, and he says, "I'm keeping the kid. You guys can go." And Judah, who wasn't all that good, he, he, he did some really stupid things. says, wait a minute. Wait a minute here. And he... Uh, I'm going to find it. He says, now, therefore, please let your servant... This is chapter 44, 33. Please let your servant remain instead of the boy as a servant of my Lord, and let my boy go back. Let the boy go back to my brothers. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the evil that would find my father. And Joseph couldn't handle it anymore. I mean, he's, 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 uh, he can't hold on to it. And look, look at chapter 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. So there were Egyptians who were hearing this, And he sent them all out. He cried, make everyone go out from me. Everyone, out. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brother, I am Joseph. And they're thinking, oh, no. This is the worst. Were murderers. Mm-hmm. And Joseph can see, I'm your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Verse five, and now do not be distressed or angry with yourself because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. A victim says, It's your fault. And a victor sees God in the midst of deep sorrow, and is able to forgive those who have done incredible damage, incredible crimes, and he has a heart of forgiveness rather than a God of uh, uh, vengeance. It's easy for things to get clogged in our heart. We talked about it last night in our in our Japan um, American. Uh, marriages we talk together about how things can get clogged up inside bitterness unforgiveness hostility resentment emotions that cause us to become victims and here's what victims do they say if only Think about all the if-onlys. If only this hadn't happened to me. If only I hadn't been sold by my brothers. If only they were kind. If only my father hadn't made me the favored son. If only I hadn't gone down to Egypt. He says, no if-onlys. Victims say if-onlys. What do victors say? They say, what if? What if God blesses me? What if God gets me out of this pit? and they're thinking about the future. Victors have a future. Victims don't have a future. They're afraid of the future. They want the past because they can commiserate, and they can find people that can help them commiserate and feel miserable about their situation because they can't forgive their parents or their spouse or anyone. They can't forgive them. They can only think bitter thoughts and resentful thoughts and hostile thoughts, and so they're locked up inside. He was not locked up inside. He was just so kind to them. And then dad dies. Jacob now dies, and the brothers think, now. Now he's going to get us. So they lie to him. Verse 16 of chapter 50. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph... Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. So now please forgive the transgressions of the servants of the God of your father. How did Joseph respond when they said that? It says Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Victims are bitter people. Victors are broken people. Victor's cry Victor's weep he wept when he heard this his brothers came and fell down before him and said behold we are your servants joseph said to them do not fear for am i in the place of god what a powerful statement what is what is uh, what do we say uh, vengeance is mine i will repay says the lord God knows how to pay somebody back. We can't do that. We don't have enough justice in us. We don't, have, we don't see the full picture. And so we can't get even. God can, if, there, if it needs to be. You know, if, if we need to settle things, if, if he says you're getting a bum deal, if he can see that and he wants to get you to get a better deal, he's going to give you a better deal. Did he give Joseph a better deal? I mean, he made him the second most powerful person on earth. Was he paying him back? Would you say that was paying him back? I'd say God did okay. And then he gives him children. I want you to see what he named his kids. If I can find that. Uh, he, He named one Manasseh. Manasseh means to forget. For God has... Uh, made me forget all my past in my father's house. That's in the past. The best thing we can say about the past is that it is, I was going to say it's past, but forgotten is a good one too. (laughs) The past is forgotten. We're We're going forward. We're not going back to the past. And then he named his second son Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful. Ephra, fruit. God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. He's in this land where he's got some hard things going wrong for him. But look, God's given me kids. I've got a wife and two children, and God's made me the ruler. And now I get to take care of my brothers and their families. And so he says, As for you, you meant it evil, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. They were scared to death. They thought he was going to just hang him. Do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. I'll take care of your kids, too. This is so incredibly rich that Joseph shows there's no animosity. What did Jesus do as a first act of business from the cross, just to make sure nothing uh, got a hold of his spirit? What did he say? first? Take
3: care
2: of my mother. Okay, he said that. The first thing he said was, Father. That was the third thing he said. Didn't they know what they were doing? I think they knew what they were doing. But he said, they don't know what they're doing. If they knew who I was, they sure wouldn't do this. And so Jesus would not allow any bitterness to come into her heart. That's what Joseph wouldn't allow. He wouldn't allow any bit of animosity. So he was free then to hear from God. Nate talks a lot about hearing God. I love that message, listening, hearing his voice, Joseph could hear from God. God could speak to him because his heart was clear. He wasn't full inside. He didn't have to clear out things. He didn't have animosity toward his dad. He could have, or toward his brothers. I mean, he forgave them, and that forgiveness lets it all go. So anything that's inside, all this scum, all this dirt, forgiveness cleanses it. So I have a clear heart. I have a clear spirit. I can hear from God. I can get messages from God. I, 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 I just love it. Victims are bitter, and victors are broken. We once had a testimony from a gal. She was standing right here, and I can't remember her name, Karen. I know it starts with S H. Uh, It's not Shenandoah, but it's something like that. And I heard this testimony of this young lady whose mom was a prostitute who played the streets. It was incredibly sad, and that's how she grew up. And yet she sparkled. There was no bitterness. Do you remember who I'm talking about, Karen? you remember who it is? I just don't remember her name. I was When I heard her testimony, I was stunned that she had all that garbage, and yet she let it go. About 15 years ago, she married a yes. very w- wonderful guy up to Northwest. She's up in, up in Washington now. And uh, she, she gave us her testimony. And um, wrote it up and she could have been bitter but she forgave her mom so I just want to end by just asking you is there anyone that you need to forgive this morning is there anyone that you are still holding responsible for any any injustice that's been done to you that's, that's caused you to look in and, and uh, be, be feel, well, I, I didn't get what I needed. And so you're holding on to your past rather than walking into your future. I would like us to bury any if-onlys. If you can find any if-onlys, we want to bury them. And then we want to say what-ifs. We want to dream. We want to dream about the future and dream with of freedom so that we're not in our hearts holding people accountable for our lack of success, our lack of joy, our lack of freedom, our lack of anything. That's what a victim does. If you, if they, no, we let those go. And the best way to do it is through forgiveness. Say, I forgive them. I have a guy next door, fun guy to talk to, He's from Texas, and, man, he's got everything good about what Texas can give you. And he's polite, and hes he was fun to talk to. He came over, and he borrowed some money. He needed to pay rent. He borrowed $300 from me. And I said, sure, you got it. I gave him cash. And then about a month later, I said, hey, hey uh, how about that money? Oh, I put it on the steps. Sure he did. I asked him at least 10 times. I said, I want the money back. And I I won't get it back. I didn't get it back. He said, no, you're not getting it back. I I already gave it to you. And then I was reading in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, But love your enemies, and do good, and lend. Expect nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. What he did was evil, and he was ungrateful. He should have said, thank you, Paul. I'll pay it back. He, he did that to begin with. He said, I'll work it off. He never did. And so once I saw that, I thought, whoa. I easily forgave him. I'm not looking for that money anymore. I'm looking for the great reward that I'll get other side. Does God keep his promises? This is going to be far greater than that. I get the money back from him. So if when you forgive, you're not losing. You're winning hugely. So I'm going to close with prayer, and then we're just going to talk about it together. <clears throat> but as I pray, God, search our hearts. Search my heart. Search the hearts of those who are listening to this, If there's anything where we're holding on, where we're still crying out for justice, God, we don't know what justice is. We're not good enough. You're a God of justice. You can repay if, we, if that needs to happen. You can do it. We, we don't know how to do it. We don't do it well. I pray that we can get rid of any resentment that still hangs in the corner of our heart so that we can be free like Joseph was to let you affirm us, and accelerate our growth and put us in positions of responsibility because we can be trusted in heaven. Thank you for Jesus who paid the price that we deserve. He could have been bitter toward us for our sin, but he forgave us. And so we want to do the same and live free from any pockets of revenge or animosity. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So now what we want to do, I'm not going to give the benediction yet. I want to hear from you. You can make comments. You can ask questions. We've got a mic in the back. For any of you sitting in the back, you can go to that mic. And we've got a mic here that we'll put up in front. For any of you that uh, have comments or questions, concerns, say, I don't get this, I don't understand that, uh, we're just going to take it 20 minutes or so just to interact. Who wants to be first? OK, who wants to be second?
3: <laughs>
2: OK, you're second. You, uh, go Go to your mic. Go to the mic right there. This is Kathy.
5: Hi, everyone. Hey, Paul, just a question. You know when that says the reward? Yeah. Is that going to... And mean, we don't know when that's going to be in our life or in the life to come, right?
2: Is, is it clear on, on what that says? Uh, yes. Jesus says, and my recompense will be with me. Uh, Revelation 22, verse 7, I think, 6 or 7. He's bringing it with him. So he's got rewards. And he, he doesn't miss anything. So if today you see a four-year-old that looks thirsty and give that four-year-old a glass of water, the Bible says you shall in no way lose your reward. God's going to pay you back in the new earth. What's that going to be? Well, it's going to be better than, getting, better than getting 10 bucks on the spot because God is extravagant in what he does. And so I'm looking forward to get the reward for not holding Mark accountable. I've forgiven in my heart. There's nothing in hanging in there. So it's it's most likely in eternity, uh, but some some payment comes for Joseph. He got payment along the way. Fantastic payment along the way. But the main one will be the new heavens and the new earth, where he says, if you, if, if you uh, suffer well with me, you will reign with me. Well, what does that mean? we got authority in the new earth. We're going to sit on thrones or something like that and, and rule with him. That's going to be fun. Um, I, I want
1: him to uh, Wait, let, here. Here. point out that uh, Joseph suffered a lot and a a long time.
2: Thirteen years.
1: And we notice that it does not say in scripture how he suffered, how he was getting through. But we know it was the Holy Spirit, even though it's not written in scripture. It was the Lord himself that had to have helped him. So uh, that that's somehow comforting to know, okay, we don't, th- there's no written rules. This is how you're going to overcome. Except that we do have many scriptures in the New Testament. How the Holy Spirit is going to come to us as we cry out to him. Yeah. And, and the Psalms, we were reading the Psalms with the women this morning. And um, they always comfort me and encourage me. Uh, and, and we can see how throughout the whole... Bible, God has given us uh, examples, and now those that are suffering persecuted Christians, stories that we hear. What's happening with even our friends, people that we know? Why, Lord? How? How long? And and then people that are in prison uh, unjustly.
2: So we uh, we talked with a. uh, the father, of uh, Kareen Johnston, died this last week. Kareen was a part of our original family here. And she and her daughters, Mickey and Hannah, they were doing dance and uh, music. And she contracted cancer. 65 years old, that's way too young. I talked to her husband, Tom. They were part of our household for eight years, probably. Um, and faithful, regular, and terrible now. Tom lost his wife, and Mickey is engaged, and, sh- and we, we rejoice with that, but her mom's not going to be at the wedding. So, tough times. Yeah. Imagine being in a pit for two years when you could have gotten out. Every day, that's 24 hours. That's the times 70, uh, 730. That's a lot of hours that he has to keep his mind thinking right things. He probably can't see anything. So incredible suffering and then incredible power. So he's the ruler. God paid it back. God paid him back. Yeah. I think
6: thinking how he was like. Get
2: the the mic there behind you. (laughs) you
6: (laughs) uh, This seems official. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how to get... Um, um, it reminds me of um, well, Jesus came not to be served but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. And I years ago, I heard that Joseph remained. He didn't sin against God during this all of his suffering because he kept the heart of a servant.
2: That's a good thought. That's a really good thought.
6: And that reminds me of something. I wish I would think of it every day, but... Probably eight years ago, I was at a women's Bible study, and there was an elderly woman who was giving a teaching. And just one short thing she said in the middle of her teaching just spoke so much to me. She just just suddenly just said three things. Begin to pray, be content, and serve. If we remember to just like maybe I'm forgetting to pray about what I'm going through, but we can always begin to pray, be content. God is in control here, mm. and all things. We learn to be content, then we can do all things through Christ's strength. But begin to pray, be content, and keep my focus on serving. And then it shifts our shifts our focus
2: off of ourself and helps us walk in grace. Okay. So. Sometime, Ruth, we want to hear that that three-point sermon from you. We want you to develop that. That would be a powerful message. Yeah, well, develop it.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, okay, coming over from the side
4: here. I like that you brought it to Jesus. I, I don't always read the Old Testament in terms of like how it points to Jesus, but I thought that was so cool. So when I was reading it, I was thinking about it. And you read the part that said, uh, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. And that made me think about Jesus. How, say, for example, the Pharisee after, you know, 50 years before he dies, you know, Jesus is already dead and he was like part of the the council that crucified him. We don't know. But if he came to repent to God, he'd probably be like, God, I'm so angry I did that to you and like the first thing that he says is don't be angry. Like yeah. I am I am Jesus. Let me tell you my name first and then say I came I was sent before you to save lives. Like he doesn't meet him with any condemnation.
2: Yes. Excellent. Yeah. You yeah. know that that both of the thieves on the cross were reviling him. Both yes. of them were yes. and then one switched. Yeah. He switched over and he said, wait a minute we're guilty. He's done nothing wrong. How did he know that? God revealed to him the true character of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He could see it. Mm-hmm. We have, and then he says, this is incredible. The thief on the cross who's dying says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He believes That this man has got nails in it is gonna rain. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: (laughs) That's pretty incredible. Yeah, that is
4: incredible.
2: Remember me. And Jesus is, of course, blessed. Okay, that'll do it. What does he say to him? This (laughs) day. Yes. Today. Today, we will be together. Uh So they meet up and he says, Hi, (laughs) I'm good to see (laughs) you. Man, good to see you. I'm glad you believed in me. And now he's so thankful. The other thief continued to revile him. No future for him.
1: So it was a a miracle work because it had to be God's Holy Spirit.
2: Oh, yes.
1: And then he became repentant. I'm trying to speak as loud as my husband, but he has a uh, microphone. Uh, so, yes, the, the repentant heart, the softening of the heart of Holy Spirit's work. I mean, that's yeah. the beginning. I really feel yeah. that's a, a picture of how the Lord can miraculously, in a moment, as you keep saying. a goes sound. I think she has oh, something. Everybody... Oh, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. <laughs> We've got other people that want to hear from you. You have to have the talking You're... stick. <laughs> I don't
1: want them mic. I just say everybody else is saying oh, telling
2: asking telling that Jesus why can't you save yourself? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. You know?
2: Save yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah they did say that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Save yourself.
1: Yeah. So nobody believed it. He Jesus can do it. Uh, yeah. Miracle.
4: Yeah. 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 I got one question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So
1: after you give your neighbor $300, and he never pay you back, and
4: he never ask you again, right, the money? <laughs> and you will not give him the money. If he asked you me again? Yeah.
2: No, I what probably I probably would say uh, no. Yeah. I, I,
5: yeah,
2: yeah.
5: Yeah. You <laughs> we don't have to be
2: a doormat. No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm not a victim, you know? but I'm not a stupid one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is good. Hey, if anybody on Zoom wants to share, you feel free. You get, get our attention, and uh, we're glad to have you share. We got Kathy. You got a mic, Kathy. So uh, go for it.
5: Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, too, Paul. Um, you know, it seems like like Karen keeps emphasizing the Holy Spirit, you know. And the thief on the cross, he had a revelation, Right. He was awakened, right? Yeah. Amen. And somehow, how does that, you know, Joseph, I mean, gosh, the guy suffered so much. He must have been through so many emotions in the beginning, just so angry, so frustrated. So, you know, and we go through all those emotions, you know, of the injustice of what is happening to him and us. But somehow God revealed something to him. And he had a quietness in his soul, I'm sure. And he had to go through all that, right? So, I mean, I'm just thinking about just our present day. What are your thoughts on what's God doing in this great time of history? And is there that revelation, that awakening that we're all just sitting there waiting for, but we're, we're trusting and we're waiting? And it just seems like there's revival when Jesus died, right? I mean, gosh, what well, an amazing revelation to so many people that yeah. the revival of of, you know, what he did, right? And so just thoughts on what you think.
2: I'll I mean, tell you how I pray. Yeah. And I pray this at least once a day, sometimes several times a day, and Karen and I pray it together. It's going it's going to get worse before it gets better. I met with twenty leaders, uh, and I was asked to share uh, something with them uh, ahead of time. And I said, well, if I do, it'll be on suffering. And uh, Chuck Porter said, okay, that'd be good. And so I wrote about suffering, and Jesus warned us. He said, in this world, you will. You will. And didn't say you might, you will. Paul said the same thing. Peter didn't like it. When he first heard it, he grabbed Jesus. He took him aside, it says. He took him aside forcefully and said, This will never happen to you. He only made that mistake once. Because Jesus said something to him that thoroughly destroyed him what did he say? He said, get behind me, Satan. He was the voice of Satan. Satan's voice is, it's going to be easy. It's going to be fun. Sign up. Everything is going to be great. Peter, once he learned it, you read that book, every chapter, 1 Peter, every chapter talks about suffering. And Paul says, It's a gift to us to suffer. It's been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in his name, but also to suffer for his sake. So we have the privilege. Where the church has suffered and suffered well, Well, first three centuries, they were powerful. Then they got ascended and it became recognized and we were a Christian world and uh, we lost our power. So my outlook is that as it gets harder and we cry out for revival, the kinds of things that we've prayed to see and haven't seen yet, like miracles of healing and deliverance, we're gonna see them. I expect it to happen. I expect it that I'll be at North Heights and praying for people and seeing it, not because I have anything but because that's what God's gonna do. I know he's gonna do it. And so we're gonna have what you see today in China. In China, there are 25,000 people coming to the Lord every day. No way. Every day. Maybe more, because that was an older statistic. They're pouring in, they're pouring in in Iran, yeah. where it's oppression, where it's illegal. Right. And I read it recently about Iran, Nigeria, India there are powerful moves of God in these oppressed countries and God tells us to pray for them as if you were in prison with them so I do that as well I do it every, it's on my list to pray every day uh, there are prisoners and we want to stand with them cuz they're they're giving their life and they come out of prison in China they come out of prison and they're glowing and then they go back to their stuff Underground stuff. So, it's going to happen here for sure. Sorry, I started preaching there. That was a long answer. I just wanted uh... to know about
5: revival in the past yes. year and a half. And you and Nate have been talking about that. And I just sense it's like on the
2: edge of happening. You know? yes. yes. Let's keep praying together for that and believing for it. Yes. That It's going to tip at some point God will say okay the 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 tank the prayer tank is full and then he'll just pour out the spirit and God's people will respond so is there anybody else on zoom that wants to give any input so I hope that you have you've have done uh, okay I see the name Masumi. Did Masumi want to? Did you want to say something, Masumi? Okay. I a lot to the Wait, prophets. wait. There I get.
6: <laughs> it says in Amos 3.7 that God doesn't do anything in the earth but that he shows his prophets first. And I've been just receiving almost daily encouragement by listening to what tried and tested and true prophets have been saying.
2: And who are some of them that you listen to particularly?
6: Um, Johnny Enlow, Kat Kerr, uh, Manuel Johnson, um, what's his name? Hank Kuhneman. I watch a program called Elijah's Dreams Uh on YouTube. It's so powerful. And I love what, one thing I love about that program is you don't just hear what God is, they don't just give them time to share what God is showing you. Often you'll get to hear their whole life story and how God has used them in the past and words that they've had in the past and the fruit of their lives and who they are and just the patterns of their lives, and now this is what God is showing me now. And really, all of their words agree. It's not just one here or there. And there's, it's, and there's new prophets that have been hidden that are, are, are um, give, being given platforms now. And God is, what God is showing them is that um, God is going to show himself as a God of justice mm-hmm. and his kindness upon our nation and upon our world will bring many to repentance. And that will preclude yes. the the revival, the great awakening that's mm. where the, God's spirit being poured out on the whole earth. And time's a huge revival worldwide, but um, God is exposing deep, deep, deep satanic oppression and delivering our nation from that.
2: Yes. Karen also listens. And she she, she has some different ones that you have heard. Rick Joyner came and spoke at the Holy Spirit conference a couple times. He's one of them, solid word, uh, uh, biblical, and so that's a good thing. I I agree with you that we listen. hope is still in God,
6: but but, um, yeah, like this isn't what I expected to see in my lifetime. I expected to see things only get darker and darker and then, to, like, we'll be ready for the rapture. But that's not what God is showing his tested and tried prophets.
2: It will get darker. They agree to that. But it also that there will be a mighty work of, of the Spirit in the midst of that. Yes. At least the, the prophets that we have we have uh, listened to. Well, okay. Um, don't see anybody at the mics, And i got one. So, uh We'll close. Does somebody want to close in prayer for us? John, would you do that for us? Close in prayer? Grab a mic, and then I'm going to give the benediction. And if you want to stick around and fellowship, of course. And then you can pray for Karen and me.